Hey, this is Kim Davis. Welcome to another in this series of podcasts, Spotlight on Serious Decisions. The topic right now in front of us is channel marketing. And to help me with that, I have Maria Chen, who's Service Director of Channel Marketing Strategies at Serious Decisions. Welcome. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Now, I'm, uh, I'm excited that we're talking about this because it's kind of you're cruising along there in the B2B world, doing your B2B thing, and suddenly you have to be worried about channels. Don't you just put up a website and then somebody calls you? It's a whole, <laughs> it's a whole new thing, B2B, the serious investment in the world of channel marketing. Well, I love your use of the word serious investment <laughs> in the world of B2B channel marketing because it really should be. I mean, with the majority of commerce going through indirect channels, it's amazing that uh, oftentimes it's a second thought or it's an afterthought of how do we drive demand to, through, and for our partners when the reality is we should be investing in that not only as our extension of our sales force, but also as our customers and treating them as such. Okay. Now, I'm sure any, any B2B business is already in one or more channels, but if you're really thinking about a channel marketing strategy, how do you get started? What do you need to invest in? Uh, you have to invest in, just like you do in the B2B direct world, is to take a look at your buyer and really start to become audience-centric. So in channel marketing, you have to identify who are your routes to market. What are the specific partner types? Are they systems integrators? Are they OEMs? Are they value-added resellers? Are they brokers or agents? And really take a look at not only what type of partner they are, but how are they transacting with you so that you can truly support that go-to-market model for both you and your partner ecosystem? Okay, and just a really basic question. When we're talking about channels here, just give us some examples of channels which are important to be for B2B businesses. Well, for uh, B2B businesses, we see a majority, uh, as I said, of uh, commerce going through channels, and we see them going through large consultative channels uh, like systems integrators, um, technology partners that are really influencing sales. Then we see reselling partners that could be solution providers, uh, sometimes mid-tier uh, systems integrators, value-added resellers, and then we see referral partners, uh, e-commerce, um, volume resellers. So there are a whole host of uh, different partner types, and add on to that um, uh, cloud partners and Internet of Things. So we're really moving into uncharted territory where we have an established channel, but then we have these new routes to market that we really have to identify what are unique to them and how do we support driving demand to them yeah. to get their mind share and through them to get their wallet share. And in a sense, this is really cut out for serious decisions because what you described is going to sound to people like a very complex landscape indeed. So they need help making sense of it. So what does serious decisions bring to the businesses which are trying to get to grips with that? So we bring a, a rigor um, around thought processes and a structure that organizations can follow so they're not blazing a brand new trail each and every time. And that's been vetted against client examples based on our analysts' previous experience as practitioners and really bring, especially in B2B demand uh, creation, uh, a process that when followed sequentially can not only accelerate time to market, but also can entangle partners in a process that they're less likely to fall out of, which drives adoption and partner engagement, which in the channel is a huge issue as partners are representing more than your brand. So it's really up to you to drive top of mind and mind share with those partners so that they're representing your offerings above others. It's worth, I think, pausing there a moment because uh, to, to explain a bit more about what Serious Decisions does because I'm aware 
that you're doing this uh, across a variety of topics, obviously not just channel marketing. You, you present models, structures, as you say, thought processes, but you also iterate those, you develop them, you evolve them. Can you talk a bit about that? Exactly. I think that the true value in, in how I um, articulate this to clients is the true value comes in not just in our models and frameworks and mm -hmm. best practices, as what you said, which are best in class and have been vetted um, against years of research across hundreds of clients, but it's really about the value of applying it to your unique business model and your right. partner ecosystem. So th through our advisory services, we really get uh, our hands-on um, experience where we don't do the work, but we're part of your team and we're an extension of your team where we follow you, you along each every step of the way and identify where you can apply the different tactics and the different strategies differently that are going to maximize your success. So in effect, we're almost like your personal trainers, right? right? We're along the way, but we're not just showing you a blueprint of how to work out, we're actually working out with you, with you, spotting you along the way. Okay, so in other words, it's not, it's not like an off-the-shelf blueprint, there it is, you're done. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's great. Um, now, you, you mentioned partners, of course, and you say partner enablement, we were talking before we started recording, That's a huge topic and, and, and very important. So can you explain that a bit more to listeners who might be familiar with it? Absolutely. So we know that enablement is imperative in, in the world of B2B, and we have a huge focus on sales enablement. But when it comes to the channel and when you co it comes to organizations and individuals who don't work for you, it's even more critical to your business. Yeah. So you have to identify how do we engage partners in such a way that's sticky, that's driving value, but it's also about getting mind share. And it's not just mind share. I mean, you as a supplier want to get your unfair share of partner mind share. And how do you do it? You enable them in such a way that holistically looks at the partner organization and enables sales, marketing, technical. You take that audience-centric approach that I just talked about mm -hmm. and, and use a persona-based model of looking at what are the dominant and who are the dominant personas within specific partner types. So, for instance, a systems integrator may have a executive team. They may have a sales leader. They may have a marketing staff, even professional services, where a small value-added reseller, the dominant persona may be the sales individual, but you also want to drive some marketing expertise, say, perhaps around prepackaged marketing plays that they can take advantage of. So, to me, enablement's going to be the game changer. Enablement's going to be the area where if you can exceed and succeed, you're going to outperform your competitors. And it also has, oddly, back to the demand creation mm -hmm. topic, it has an impact on demand creation. Because another way that we help organizations and clients is identifying that when you enable a partner in front of a demand creation offer, they are three times more likely to take you up on that demand creation offer. Wow. So there you're driving that partner adoption and that engagement in your program. So not only are you having partners adopted at a higher rate, but you're also delivering the right programs so you're getting a higher return. It sounds like here I'm treating the partners like a, a market. You're marketing to the partners. You absolutely are, and that's exactly a critical piece of this. You can't just market through or with them mm -hmm. and in hopes that they're going to out-represent your brand in the best possible light. What you need to do is market to your partners in order that you can be more effective in marketing through your partners. Uh, we took some data from our command center, and we found that some of the challenges with sales, and this is certainly relevant for partners mm -hmm. even more so, is that 72% of them had an inability to connect offerings to buyer needs. 
in a world that is all about being audience-centric, if you don't enable your partners to articulate your offerings value to meet those buyer needs, then you're not going to be able to meet those revenue goals. And you want to do so in such a way that provides value to the partner, but also gives them the confidence to go out there and represent your brand in the marketplace. Okay, so let's talk generically, I suppose, about the kinds of businesses um, this is really important for, because we're obviously stepping away from reliance on any kind of direct-to-consumer. What, what sorts of businesses have these big partner networks? Well, clearly IT, right, and high-tech. Um, they uh, are traditionally have been early adopters, um, you know, highly leverage the channel. But we're also seeing advanced manufacturing. We're seeing financial services. We're seeing healthcare. It's really, if you think about your day-to-day world, um, there really isn't many uh, industries or verticals that aren't at least employing at some point a channel. And that could be to reach a market where you're not in. It could mm-hmm. be to cover a geography um, that you haven't penetrated. It just is to give you that extra um, powerhouse of sales, marketing, and support that you need in order to expand and grow your revenue. It's interesting. In one of the previous podcasts, I was talking about ABM, and I, I was told that you're actually seeing government authorities, public authorities taking up ABM. I can imagine that channel marketing is very applicable there too. Absolutely. In fact, one of the areas that uh, we recently collaborated for a previous um, Serious Decision Summit was on creating a channel ABM framework. And we looked at it from a standpoint of uh, to your point, you have to market to your partners. So you can take an ABM approach to marketing to your partners, but then you get the insights and the executive relationships and areas where partners are in different buying centers. So you're actually able to expand your account-based marketing efforts with your partners and involve them in a very structured process that you can follow and is more repeatable but unique to each of the individual end-user buyers and the partners that you're involving. So this massive evolution and revolution of marketing that's going on between ABM and pipeline acceleration and digital and social, you have a huge opportunity to enable your partners and lead them through this transformation because they're looking to you to add that value and to provide that direction. That's great. I think the light really goes on when you explain it in that way and you start to think about it almost as a marketing relationship. Yeah, to me, this is the best time to be in channel marketing. It's Mm -hmm. becoming much more strategic. Um, It's wildly, you know, fun and different and ever-changing. And um, you have an opportunity as a brand, as a manufacturer, to really come in and suspend the way things have been done before Mm -hmm. and have a new way of doing it that's fresh, that's innovative, and brings value and up-levels your relationship with your partner ecosystem. Okay, well, let's, uh, to close, let's talk about some, some real-life stories, uh, whether you can name the clients or not. I quite understand if you, if you don't, but ge- generically, what's, where have you seen uh, good channel marketing strategies have a real impact on business success? So um, I'm going to give you two examples. One is because we talked about demand creation, and I alluded to this process. We have a fast-tracking demand framework that is a, a, a process that organizations can follow. And we had a client that piloted this process because everybody asks, how do you get started? And you get started with piloting it. And they looked at it from a standpoint of identifying their audience from both a partner lens and a buyer lens. They created the readiness internally in the organization, aligning the enablement opportunities, addressing the uh, buyer journey using incentives internally. They created these prepackaged marketing plays as part of a demand creation phase and made that offer and packaged it up and delivered to the partners. And then last step, they measured it. 
And when they did this and they followed these steps sequentially as part of the framework, they went from about 20% adoption from their channel partners to 60 to 70% adoption. Well, that's a big so jump. They, exactly. Yeah. And when you're in this highly competitive field of other organizations going through the same channel partners, it's imperative that you get your information out there and deliver it. I always say the devil's in the delivery, mm -hmm. not just in the details. But you deliver it in such a way that it's consumable and it's packaged in such a way that partners can launch it themselves. And so driving that adoption and, and usage of your programs is um, hugely successful for channel marketing leaders today. Okay. Um, did you say you had a second example? I did. Thank yeah. you for keeping me honest. <laughs> um, my second example is uh, really looking at enablement. And mm -hmm. I really, truly believe that enablement is going to be a competitive differentiator for organizations who can solve for it. So we worked with a client who was looking at not only recruiting new partners, but onboarding them. They felt like they had a recruitment problem, so we went in as part of our uh, advisory service, and we started working with them on recruitment. What we quickly found out was that they had over 42% of their partners weren't bringing in any revenue whatsoever. Oh. <laughs> right? So clearly that went from a recruitment issue yeah. to an engagement issue. And we actually uh, articulated an, uh, in an onboarding program that they took, and they actually put existing partners through it and new partners. And it stepped out in such a way that it was a step-by-step -step process that was persona-based, so it identified sales, marketing, technical leads, and enabled them through a very prescriptive approach in the first 90 days of, of their relationship. Uh, they used their PRM and marketing automation platform in order to create triggers and deliver this onboarding program. And they supported these partners not only through the first deal, but to the second deal. Because that, they recognized that if partners could get to a second deal, that was critical to their success and their engagement in their program. So following a prescribed onboarding framework, they were able to deliver uh, the best possible information in a way that was consumable and digestible to the partner. So if a business isn't cultivating, engaging with, and enabling its partners, it may have some problems there it hasn't even noticed yet. Exactly. <laughs> You've got it. So. so Maria, that's great. Thanks for shedding light on what is both an important and also a very complex topic. Thanks well, for joining us. No problem. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And everyone look out for our next Spotlight on Serious Decisions podcast.